Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dosh, Rinko Levers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Wrong and Wronger. We are so delighted that you've joined us again. A little bit surprised, and uh, I'm bordering on shocked, actually. But I am Steve, Dr. Steve Olivas, and I will rock your world. Sitting across from me is a guy will help you sleep through it. James, the exploding unicorn breakwell. How are you doing tonight, James? I am I am doing well. I got eight hours of sleep last night. That hasn't happened in years, and it kind of scares me. I'm I'm all thrown out of whack. I think I might get a, might die from a, a fatal sleep overdose. Oh boy! You know, there's a lot of precedent for that too. So be very careful today. <laughs> well, the day is mostly over. I think I'm in the clear, but you never know. This this podcast could be where my my tipping point is. Just one activity too much for somebody so well rested. You got me now. What could be better than that? <laughs> this is this is where I won't die, but I wish I would die. That's what this is. <laughs> well, you have tuned in, and probably to your own demise, but you have tuned in to the podcast where James and I will argue about topics that mostly come from you, the listener. Keep tweeting us those and Facebooking those to James, because we are not all that bright of human beings, and we need your help. And James... Tonight, we're going to debate a topic after we do the compliments. And uh, what is the topic? Just to wet the whistle of our listenership and our viewership, what are we going to talk about tonight? We, we've we got a good one tonight, as opposed to all the other ones, which were equally good. But this one <laughs> this one is, is which is better, a paper book or an e-book? A paper book, like a real book book versus one of those electronic Kindle or uh, read on your phone, yes. Audible kind of books. Or I, I don't even know what all the companies are that do. Is Audible? Audible, Audible is, all... is an audio book. That's a whole different debate. That's a, uh, got to focus here, okay? I can't, we can't <laughs> I be debating three topics at once. <laughs> well, you talk about books and you leave me completely in the dust. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> That actually leads me to my compliment uh, for tonight. I have a Please real do. one, kind of, sort of, no more All real right. than usual, I guess. But I would like to compliment you for um, selling your book in the most unique way I have ever heard. Now, you guys all know that I wrote a book, Only Dead on the Inside, uh, Parents' Guide to Surviving the Zombie Apocalypse, because I, I, you know, I talk about it constantly. Like, this whole podcast is really <laughs> just a cover for me to sell that book. But, but Steve is actually a published author, a two-time published author. And I <laughs> heard him true. talking about his book the other day on his last episode of The Commute. And it's, uh, first of all, props for not remembering the title of your own book. <laughs> there was some confusion there. <laughs> and this is a real book that you can buy on Amazon, and he sells it when he goes around the country doing all of his seminars. So he should be very aware of what the title is. But when he was being interviewed... Um, uh, by by Kate, she uh, she thought it was interesting. She's like, oh yeah, I should probably pick up that book. That sounds interesting. And he's like, no, you shouldn't pick up this book. You wouldn't like it. I've never heard an author tell somebody not to buy their book. And you're like, no, this is just for psychologists. This is not for you. So I don't know if that was reverse psychology. I hope it was reverse psychology, and I hope it leads you to big sales because uh, nobody else out there is trying that technique. I have actually sold quite a few of those books <laughs> throughout. It, it came out in 2012, so it uh, it well, thank you, I guess, uh, for 
at least noticing the unique sales approach that I have. And my marketing class, I didn't do quite so well in, but I'm applying all of the things that I think I learned. But yes, it is a book for therapists and also parents. And Kate is a parent much like yourself, has like 27 kids of her own. And so she may actually benefit from some of the stuff that I talk about in the book. But thank you for bringing that up in a roundhouse right, I I mean a roundabout kind of way to give me a compliment. Real quick, just to put you on the spot, do you now remember the title of your book? The book is called When Good Kids Go Bad. (laughs) (laughs) The problem is my other book is called Bad Kids or Bad Behavior, and that's the one that I was confabulating with this one. So yes, uh, I don't have like uh, things following the colon like you do. With uh, a whole bunch of words after surviving, you got to get it. that English degree to use the colon in a title. That's what the that's what the whole English degree is for. You earn the right to use that colon. <laughs> Everything that comes after my colon is usually not fit for public oh. consumption, and I, we're going to leave. I that knew that's one where right you were there. going, and there was just no avoiding it. Oh. <laughs> this this is why we can't get anybody but your mom to listen to this, and even even she. I, I got to think after this, you're not getting invited to next Thanksgiving. Ah. Uh, pretty sure I will. I've got to be one of her five favorite kids. That's the way I look at it. And if you're you finishing one... the top five in the Boston Marathon, you're doing pretty well. Are you one of five kids? I am. Oh, God. I hope her other kids are better than you. I hope she doesn't have a whole family of Steve psychiatrists. It's sort of hit and miss. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. So what's your compliment for me? I'm sure it's just as sincere as mine was for you. <laughs> Well, James again this week, and I've got to thank everybody who loves James' family and hates mine, because that keeps (laughs) me out of the pool that makes me do all of the penalty videos, and it shoves James right off the diving board against his will. And this week, if you haven't seen James' flash dance dance routine, I encourage you to watch it when you're not at work because you're going to bust out laughing several times and you're going to get fired. And James doesn't want you to lose your employment over him. But James, walk me through what was going on in your mind between 90 and 120 seconds when that thing was really ramping up because you seemed to be dying on the inside when it was going on. Yeah, I was already dead on the inside pretty pretty well before that. I mean, that was, hence the title of the book. I have no idea what happened between 90 and 120 seconds. It was all just kind of a painful blur. I, I watched that video on YouTube before I did it, and I saw it get you know, I saw great feats of athleticism. And I was like, I can do none of these. All right, let's give it a go. Let's just jump in here because um, I figured I figure you either have to be really good or really, really bad for one of those videos to work. And I felt pretty confident I could nail really, really bad. Um, and it was just it was just crazy swirling. You can't see it. Some of the footage didn't make it in there because I did the cutaways to my kids who also doubled as the judges. Yeah. But like for part of it in there, my youngest, Waffle, she was like grabbing onto my leg. I had to actually pry her <laughs> off to continue to fail at my dance moves. I moved a table to do that. I decided I needed so much space for this. I moved furniture to humiliate myself in that way. That's how invested I was. Uh, and by some miracle, I didn't hit the chandelier this time in the middle of the room. But yeah, it was uh, it was dicey. 
But you know, that was one take straight through uh, and will never be repeated. So please stop voting for me just because you want to see me and my kids. My children are starting to think less of me. They tell me, Daddy, did you lose again? And I say yes, because the system is rigged. So please have integrity and vote for the best argument, not who has the most beautiful, awesome family, because that's going to be me every time. Let's be honest here. Uh, no doubt about that. But uh, you are <laughs> the whitest white guy I have ever seen dancing, James. And take that as a compliment, because I... <laughs> grew up in farm country too that was a thing of beauty it, it, yeah. it gave me pause let's just put it that you way you know what though i thought i thought some of my bounds were okay i'm not i'm gonna admit my twirling on the floor could use some work i wasn't on my toes <laughs> for any of it but i thought i was pretty majestic when i was leaping like a like a deer like right before it gets hit by a car but you could you could see for that one frozen moment of grace that i was a I was a creature of, of I don't know what, <laughs> of abject humiliation, I guess. But uh, it's over now, and that's the important thing. And if you don't want to watch that video, that's perfectly okay with me. We can all just pretend it didn't happen. No, it's not okay. You got to watch and hit subscribe <laughs> because you're going to watch another one next week. James putting <sighs> on a, what was the word again, James? Majestic show. Yes. That, Given that, that you're an English major, accurate. I think you would have a broader vocabulary so you could pick a more apt word than majestic. But all right, majestic, I'm thinking. Majestic is the appropriate word. I mean, like, like watching Niagara Falls is just like a feat of nature. You just have to, you watch and your jaw just drops open in awe. Did, you, did your jaw not hit the floor when I was doing that for whatever reason? <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's like going over Niagara Falls while carrying a drum set with an elephant on top of you. Like, that's kind of what it looked like. And, uh, James, <laughs> I want at some point, this is the second video that you've done. The Tom Cruise Risky Business Dance was the other one, where the person in the video did the splits, and James Breakwell punted. James Breakwell <laughs> wanted nothing to do with the splits, and it was a My, sight to behold. I can't even sit, um, I guess it's called crisscross applesauce now. Yeah. That's that's the, the politically correct way. I can't do that with my legs. Like I can barely sit in a chair normal. My <laughs> legs will not bend to do the splits. It is, it is impossible. If I go down to do the splits, I will not come back up. That will be the end of the video. That will be the end of me walking. That will just be the end of everything. So, uh, yeah, there will be no splits. But you, I, I think everybody knows, you used to be a distance runner and a pretty good one. And uh, yeah, you had to have he, done the hurdler stretch a lot. You, you can't even get down into that chicken ring, into the chicken wing splits. You know what? I started not doing stretches towards the end. And actually, the science behind it backs me up. If you want to warm up for something, you should just, like, do it lightly. Like, if you want to warm up for running fast, just run slow. Run light. But what does no good is, like, bending your limbs to their extreme. Like, that's how you get injured. More people get hurt stretching than they do actually running. And I know that was certainly true for me. Uh, not that it made a difference. I was incredibly slow either way. That's why I moved to distance. Uh -oh. uh, but, yeah, I just, I just didn't stretch, and I was the least flexible runner you've ever seen and now i'm the least flexible dad you've ever seen i just i like to be consistent <laughs> boy and that is literally and figuratively least <laughs> flexible dad you've ever known all right well that takes care of the compliment portion of the show and thank god that's over that is always the most <laughs> tedious and it takes up most of the show ironically but uh, ebooks versus paper, and the way we do this, if you're joining us for the first time, and uh, thank you if you are, and uh, tell a friend before you decide never to watch again. <laughs> but I have the Guam Quarter of Fate in front of me, and that gets flipped, and we'll decide who argues which side of the ebooks versus paper books. And James, what will the two sides of the coin represent for you? 
All right, heads I'm arguing paper, tails I'm arguing ebooks. All right, heads is paper, tails is ebooks. It is up and it is down and it is heads. You, sir, get paper. All right, I'm going to be shocked if I lose this debate. As shocked as when I lost saying that the Easter Bunny was the symbol of Easter. <laughs> that, is, that is just dumbfounding. How can I lose that? But paper books still make up like 90% of all book sales. I mean, ebooks are a sliver of that because they just haven't taken on. Because if you're if you're old-fashioned enough to still enjoy a book, you're old-fashioned enough to, to enjoy actually holding it, getting that book smell, having something that's always yours, that you can highlight, that you can write in the margin, that you can't have accidentally deleted off your device or lose when that device disappears, that somebody can't revoke the electronic rights for. You get that book and it's yours for good and if you want to give it to a friend or shred it to put in the bottom of the birdcage or whatever it is yours forever whereas with ebook you get into some of those dicey rights issues and it, you know it's just a whole different ball game paper books are what traditionalists you know use it's what libraries are full of and it's it's the way of the future I, paper books are where it's at well, you have oft times with me talked about why do I want to kill the planet? Why do I want to make Mother Nature cry? <laughs> and it seems that you have reverse fields like Benedict Arnold here because you are now taking that argument and pushing it as a justification. But James, you are going to deforest the entire rainforest if you continue stuffing the Library of Congress with all of these paper books. <laughs> Ebooks eliminate all of that. And I know how many of our good, solid listeners are green on the inside. How they want to recycle. They want to save the planet. They want to make sure that our children and our children's children have a home that is habitable. They don't want to be like the, the Eloys and the Morlocks that are <laughs> battling it out in H.G. Wells' dystopian future. So we've got a green issue. We also have space as we talk about the Library of Congress getting chock full. That was chock with an S. I don't even know what word I was looking for there. But uh, if you have bookshelves in your house, like I'm guessing that maybe at Breakwell Manor, you have a dedicated library where your manservant will catalog and make sure <laughs> that all the books are put away where they need to be. And you've got one of those ladders that goes from floor to ceiling several stories high. <laughs> Most people don't have that. Most people are like me, just the working class the proletariat. You bourgeois people, you do whatever you want with your first edition War of the Worlds. You've probably got that one, which is why you got the reference. But the ebook <laughs> is simple. You toss it into your purse, you toss it into your backpack, you toss it into your carry-on, and you've got any book you want at your fingertips on the airplane, any book you want at your fingertips on the beach, in the hotel room, in your living room, in the hammock, as you hang between two trees that will be destroyed if James Breakwell gets his way. <laughs> The ebook makes sure that any book you want is right there right now. Right here right now, as Sammy Hagar sang in 1991. What do you got to say to that? Thank you for the setup, because that book might not be there right now. I have read to my kids from both paper books and ebooks, and you know what happens when you run, read from ebooks? They run out of batteries. <laughs> I'm sorry, kids, your book is not currently available. It also, if you get them for the library electronically, they can get taken back. 
you run out of time. You have the if you have the paper book, you can be like, okay, I'm just gonna bite the bullet and pay the seven cent fine. You got the <laughs> ebook and your readers connect to Wi-Fi. That book is gone. There is no going back. And the, the librarians, man, they they rule with an iron fist. And when you have that e-reader synced up, that book is gone, and you are at their mercy. And you better hope there wasn't a wait list, or it could be weeks before you can finish that book, and then your kids will never know what happened to Harry Potter. That would be tragic. <laughs> oh, as wow. for printing, or as for the, the cutting down trees. You know who the biggest planters of trees are on planet Earth? I'm not going to wait for you to guess because I know your answer is going to be stupid. It's the lumber companies. All right. It's like accusing a farmer of defore or like, you know, of, of driving corn to extinction. You cut down all the corn in America. Every year they cut down all the corn in America, literally all of it. And they use those seeds and replant it because it's got to be sustainable. If there was no more corn, they'd be done. It's the same thing with trees. They cut down trees in one area and they plant twice as many in the other because they're not stupid. If they run out of trees, they're out of business. So obviously they're going to plant them and they plant them with a huge lead time so that by the time they work their way through the forest, they get back around to all those other acres that they planted. And if we weren't cutting down those trees to print books, all those forests would be knocked down and turned into subdivisions. The people who owned them wouldn't, wouldn't save them because they have no economic value. But because they do have value, because they need lumber for not only books, but you know furniture and everything else, they stay as a sustainable crop. It's, and that's what trees are. They're a renewable resource. Not that you would understand what that means that when you were majoring in psychology or whatever else you were doing in your college <laughs> wow. days. Uh, whatever it was, but it wasn't studying. We know that. Uh, as, for, as for the bookshelves, the bookshelves are the greatest way to judge somebody. How many... Uh, how many people have you heard say that when they go on a first date or they visit somebody's house for the first time, they take a look at what books they have on their shelf? Because that's a good way to tell if you're talking to somebody who's educated or who is a serial killer. And you put those <laughs> books right out there on display, so you're kind of burying your soul and showing people what, what you know you want them to know about you. But if you've got all those books hidden away on an e-reader, you might be illiterate. You might be, who knows, all your books might be about, about you know, mutilating animals. There's no way to know because they're hidden on your e-reader. But with, with books, with paper books on a bookshelf, there's honesty there. You've got to own that book and say, I'm so proud of this. I'm going to put it right there for everybody to see. So I'm sorry that I believe in sustainability. I'm sorry that I believe in honesty. I'm sorry that I believe in literacy. But that is all of what paper books stand for. I don't know how you could possibly believe otherwise. Well, I'm glad you did apologize because none of those <laughs> words you mentioned apply to anything you just said. That uh, First of all, I didn't even know there were books on mutilating animals. I got to look into that. <laughs> Second you're the, of you're all, the psychologist. You probably had an entire class on mutilating animals. And what it means. I remember you. We've talked about Rorschach tests before, and you're like, "Yeah, if there's a, if you have a blood response twice in a row, you're a serial killer." It's like, thanks, thanks for the tip, Steve. I'll keep that in mind. A rather unusual summation of what I said, but all right. And by the way, kudos to you for figuring out how to never have to buy another book in your life. Reading Harry Potter to your kids, any one of those books is going to take 27 years to get through if you're reading it through out loud. So well played, oh, my friend. It's good. That that's why I didn't let my kids go to bed. <laughs> Daddy, I'm tired. It's like, no, I had to finish this chapter and then the two after that. I didn't read those books until I read them out loud to my kids, and it was amazing. But wow. we did have the battery issue. Like that battery running down was tragic. There were nights we couldn't read it. And uh I died inside more than usual. So yeah, paper books were definitely the way to go with that.
Right, because planting a tree will certainly take a lot less time than recharging a battery. That's that's probably, <laughs> let me just do the math here. One takes 20 years and one takes 20 minutes. Plan it in advance. you got to plan ahead a little bit. I know that's not something you've ever done in your life. But these lumber companies, they've got our back. Obviously not, because I'm here talking to you again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to retrace the poor decisions that lead, led you to this point. <laughs> All right, but you know, you can always tell, and this works in politics, it works in uh, on CNBC. When someone starts losing an argument, they go what's called ad hominem, which is a, an, uh, it's a logical fallacy where you start attacking the person rather than the issue. And I want to tip my cap again. This is like compliment day to break well, that <laughs> you have mastered that technique when you start to panic a little bit and realize there is no sound argument you can make for paper books. Ebooks are the way to go. The other thing, that hair Potter book that you're talking about weighs 32 pounds. I've, I've held the hardcover book in my hands before, <laughs> and I don't even care which one it is. They're all about the same size. The ebook, that little Kindle, my, my mother who's like 27 years old, same age as my wife, it's weird, But uh, and almost my daughter now, which is also weird, but uh, she can hold that thing for hours and read, and she never like, she never gets fatigued by it, like you're going to with your Harry Potter. The, the reason that your battery ran out is because you can sit there for hours and hours reading. Your internal battery would have worn out if you, long before your daughters, who probably fell asleep like three sentences in when you were reading, but no, there, there's no way that you can win this argument again, James. And I will look forward to that penalty video next week, and I'll make a couple suggestions for you throughout the week. Yeah, you know, you know why I was in such great shape for dancing? Why I had that excellent sculpted you, physique? What, because I lifted now? all those heavy books. That's what it was, <laughs> lifting that Harry Potter book. Because you should have a little bit of exercise when you read. But I don't know how you can possibly think you're going to win this. Ebook sales in recent years have actually been down, while paper book sales have been up. If, if 90% of people who read books, the smartest among us, the readers, the recreational readers, if they choose paper books, are you going to look out there to our listeners, to 90% of our listeners, and tell them that they're wrong. 90% of our listeners are watching this on their phone right now, and so they understand <laughs> technology. Hey, I do have to, we're about 21 minutes in, and I hate to put a cork on this one, but I got to mention we have some unfinished business from last week. I actually did no research. Did you look that up? I did. I not only looked it up, but the answer... Um, the answer got into a strange territory, so we actually went this morning, and the, the bet, if anybody didn't watch last week, is our chicken peeps, the chicks, are, do they weigh more, less, or the same as the bunny peeps, the Easter candy, the marshmallow ones with sugar? I believe the bet was like one package, like one strip. It was an even head count, but... The reason that this got into some gray area is because we were both kind of right. The chicks okay. do weigh more, but it is marginally more. Five okay. chicks weigh 0.42 grams. Four bunnies weigh 0.30. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, 0.32. Four bunnies weigh 0.32. Five chicks weigh 0.42. That is the so serving I, size on the back of the package and the only ones that my wife could find on Google. So a, the a bunnies... Tenth of a gram? A tenth of a gram is what we're down to here. Yeah, it, it gets into, and you, you kept hammering the point. They're roughly the same. They're roughly the same. Yes, and see, I was smart. They are. <laughs> I kept saying chicks weigh more, and they do, but I'm going to call this one a push. Just because I know your financial situation, and <laughs> I don't want to take another dollar, because I would feel horrible with you having to sell off one of your children. 
I spend all my money on these dancing outfits, okay? I can't afford to lose any more bets. Every dollar's precious. You know, I believe Alex was the name of the character in Flashdance. I didn't look this up, so don't whack me on Twitter if that was wrong. But she wore black leg warmers. <laughs> Braywell wore black socks. And if Do you, you really think see- I had black leg warmers you think i have those sitting around i said this is like an old jewish guy on the beach doing some kind of weird flash dance move it's fantastic you, you know gotta what? watch I the also, video everybody i wore shorts and not a leotard you're welcome okay you know how much of, you know how much of her butt was hanging out oh my god we would we would not have a single viewer left if i wore that there's no way so you are welcome everybody who did suffer through that i i covered up it's for magical. you magical all right, we got to bring this thing to a close. You want to wrap this week? Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and set up the vote. So you can vote on uh, on Twitter at Exploding Unicorn or on Facebook. Uh, so Twitter doesn't have the E on Exploding Unicorn. Facebook does have the E on Exploding Unicorn. Both polls are valid, even though Steve occasionally tries to invalidate one so he can win. And what we do is we have you vote for a code number so that you don't just vote for my name or the way things have been going lately. Just vote against me by default because you want to see me and my kids. So here we go. So the number for Steve this week is 51. 51. The number for me this week is 89. Ooh, and that number... is Benny Cunningham. It was Randy Grossman last week, not Benny Cunningham. I apologize. Nobody to cares. No, we're gonna <laughs> someday. I'm gonna go double check you on all these. I'll be that bored. And the random is 35. Random 35. So those are the things. And then, uh, then I'll throw out one random option that has somebody, some famous character from sci-fi, and everybody who doesn't watch the video will vote for that one <laughs> that to make true. sure that your vote counts. Because we want the votes of the people who listen to count, the people who watch on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on on Stitcher, on Podcast Attic. You can find this all of those places. On YouTube, you see our beautiful faces. Well, my beautiful face, Steve's whatever face. And on the other ones, it's audio only, which is great too. And by the way, you can leave reviews on these things, which makes sure that other people find out about us as well and share the misery. Like, did you realize people have left us... Uh, Left us reviews on iTunes. I did. iTunes is such a walled garden. I had no idea if anybody was listening on there or not. But yeah, I could only see one of them and they compared it. It was like it was if uh, if Walter Cronkite and, and somebody else argued about toilet paper. I was like, well, that's a, a fairly accurate summary of what we do here. I did see that because I'm trying to get our darn logo changed on iTunes. And it is yeah. it's it's difficult. They make it hard. They- they hate us on there. They will not change that logo for the life of us. The logo on there, it's somebody else's art of a unicorn with a party hat. And we don't want it on there. We're trying to use the art we paid for. And iTunes no. will not change it. We're trying. We're trying so hard not to violate copyright. But, man, they just will not cooperate. All right. Well, so you can cooperate with the show and tell a friend, <laughs> tell a neighbor, tell a coworker. You are the best marketing that we have. And because of you, the show keeps growing and our number of subscribers keeps growing. So tell everybody, get involved with Wrong and Wronger and the poll at the end and watch the penalty videos. And I do the Periscope video on, on a Saturday mornings. The last one had 36,000 viewers because of Breakwell and his muscle. It's all in good fun and it'll help. There are several things throughout the week that you can participate participate with and never forget James and Steve and who could forget us man uh, me probably I, I can forget you at least I'm working real hard on that one <laughs> <laughs>
right, well, until next week, and we'll come every Thursday morning with a new one of these episodes. Until next week, send us your ideas for more shows. But this is Steve Olivas for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell saying thank you so much for watching and listening. And as we always say, when I remember, two wrongs can make a right. <laughs> <laughs>